Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Well, welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here across the table from me, as always, is my co-host and cohort, Victor Adams. John, it's good to see you, and uh, let me ask you, how was Gainesville for you? you know I mean? <laughs> Why do you say that? So, well, uh, I mean, you know, depressed. Like, look, look, I've been there. I've been to Gator Growl. It's great. You know, this is a long time ago. All my brothers were playing, so you can imagine what was going on there. Sure, yeah. But uh, I had a good. I have a good time on there on the campus uh, down at the yeah, University yeah, of no Florida. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. There, there were a lot of people down there that were big fans of yours. Yeah. They knew that you are a Florida State fan, though. There were several people. They're like, Victor's not going to come down yeah. here. Some things you just, you know, by birth, you just are what you are, you know, so. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I've been to both places, Tallahassee, yeah. Gainesville now. They're both beautiful places. They're Spanish moss, all yeah. that kind of stuff going on. It's just a beautiful place. Uh, had a great mission, man, there. It was one of my favorite ones we've done. Big, beautiful church with a school. And the community there was just mm-hmm. really, really, really a wonderful group of people. Um you know, to Todd and to Jim and Naeem and all the other people. I mean, we've got 17 trained leaders now, yeah. um, and we've been working with them for months. But uh, they wound up getting a, a close to 40 men signed up for the new group. Mm-hmm. Uh, Father Al down there, the pastor, was awesome. It, it was just really neat because it fell on the presentation of the Lord. Yeah. And so to have the mission kicked off, you know, candle mass, and we had candles you know, before the first talk of the mission on Friday night and processed in, and there was a lot of song and time for adoration during the uh, during the mission and everything else. And it just, I felt really welcomed. Uh, the talks were received really well. There were so many people that came up and bought, man, they bought mm. rosaries and T-shirts and mugs. That whole area down there is going to have just again the pew stuff all over it. Uh, but so many people came up, the more important thing, and shared about how you know they had been moved or touched, and right. there was a lot of people that had shown up that had been you know uh, addicted to things or had struggled in in ways, and the identity talk really helped them. So it was just a beautiful experience, and I just wanted to thank Todd and Jim and and Father Al and everybody there at the parish that that did anything to help with the mission because it was a a gigantic success on all fronts uh, with the launch of the men's group, and mm-hmm. you know, had over two hundred people there at the mission and. Um. Yeah, just couldn't be happier with what the Lord did with it, and looking forward to continue to walk with them. Right. So it was a great, great trip. Um, did have a little hiccup on the way back. Had to drive over to Jacksonville. Had some flight stuff. But as I told people that were asking me about it, you know, I haven't been snake bit. You know, uh, you know, shipwrecked, <laughs> beaten, any of that stuff yet. Mm-hmm. So I don't really have any room to to complain. But it was a great, great weekend. So all you at Queen of Peace Catholic community, thank you for your hospitality. Thank you for having us. Uh, no that our prayers are with you and i know that men's group is going to do a lot to to continue to grow the faith in that parish not only for the men but for the women and for the the families and children too so thank you for that uh if you are interested in having us come and do what we did there uh you can go to just a guy on the pew.com 
on the main page there, there's plenty of places throughout that page as you scroll up or down where you can click, you know, start a men's ministry. You can fill out the form and then we'll be in contact with you and we'll start working with you. This event didn't happen, over, you know, in a week or two's time. Todd uh, and, and Jim started reaching out back in June of 2023 to me and we started getting on the phone. We got the thing uh, with Father Al uh, solidified, the dates and all those things. And then we continue to work with them for all those months training and moving towards having a successful mission and group launch. And that's what we did. So if you want to do the same thing, go to justaguyonthepew.com and we can help you build a place where men can be real, where they can be received, where they can grow in their faith, build authentic friendships, and most importantly, grow in their knowledge and relationship with Jesus Christ. So again, go to justaguyonthepew.com to look at that. So we got a couple of events coming up. The next one is going to be the Columbus Catholic Ministry to Men's Conference. Uh, that's going to happen February the 24th at the Ohio Expo Center. Uh, it's going to be Chris Stefanik and Father Burke Masters and myself. We have a lot of listeners in Columbus all the time, Victor. I see it on the uh, SoundCloud stats and all that stuff. So if you've listened for a long time and you've wanted to to see a, you know see us in person or you know to hear some of the talks or you want us to come to your area, then we're going to be there at the end of this month. So make sure and, and get registered. You can just Google Catholic Men's Ministry of Columbus. You'll find the conference and you can register and sign up there. It will be an amazing day, I am sure. They usually have over 3,000 men, so it's one of the largest conferences in the United States for men, so it's going to be an amazing day. Uh, After that, we have the Dubuque Men's Conference in March, and also uh, we have Estovir's Men's Conference. There's just a lot of stuff coming up. If you want to know more about where we're going and what we're doing, go to justaguyonthepew.com, click the Events and Book Me page at the top in the in the hyperlinks, and that'll take you to our calendar. Right there, you can see the next three events. You can also hit a link to expand the calendar there, and you'll see everything we have going all the way up to, to the furthest thing out we have scheduled right now. So check all that out. And then finally, for those, I had a lot of people come up to me this weekend and say, how can we help with the ministry? I've been touched by this. Um, you know, my son has been, he was here today and has, he's talked about he wants to change his life. If, if you really want to know how you can help us, it's becoming a partner in the pew, a monthly partner in the pew, right? All we have the nonprofit and everything that we receive goes to helping us grow. Our ministry is in, in greater demand than it's ever been. Uh, we have... Had some turnover and some personnel, so we're back looking for development help. Um, We are always looking for people with certain skills, marketing companies, things like that, to help us get out in front of these parishes. Uh, There's just a lot of needs in the ministry. Uh, I, I wear a lot of hats, and I'm not saying that braggadociously. I spent, you know, five you know days basically a week ago trying to you know build and put out donation tax letters and all those things and. You know, it's just stuff that I've kind of got my hands in everything, and it's time to to be able to bring on other people to to, to help with that. But you got to have the funds to be able to do it, or the ministry will not be around very long. So, if you want to give back, if you want to support us, if you've been touched by any sort of event or any sort of online deal or the podcast or uh, some of the healing things we've been involved in, and you want to give back, how can I help? That way that you can give back is to become a monthly partner in the pew. So you can do that by going to www.donorbox.org slash pew, or you can go straight to justaguyonthepew.com, and there's a donate button in that top right corner. You can click it. You can fill out however you want to give annually, monthly, you know, one time, whatever it is. But every little bit helps, and it keeps us moving forward. So for those of you that are donors, supporters, partners in the pew, we thank you. And for those of you that will consider it, we thank you in advance as well. So Vic, let's jump into the episode today because 
it was a it was a, a great weekend. I came back on fire. Uh, I came back exhausted because mm. of all the plane stuff and everything. But you know, I was I was going to get in bed last night. Been talking to Angela, and she's worn out too. She's got a lot of stuff going on with graduate school and work, and just being a mom and a wife and all that stuff too. And so she kind of went to sleep, you know, after working on her dissertation paper for a while. And I was about to, you know, pass out in bed myself. And then I, I realized I'm doing this consecration to Mary, reconsecrating the ministry mm-hmm. to Mary, uh, to Jesus through Mary. And uh, I, I realized I hadn't finished the day's prayers. So I had five decades was what it, it said to do in there of the rosary and a pray uh, St. Louis de Montfort prayer. Uh, so I started doing that, and I noticed a notepad there. And as I was praying, my heart started really moving about some things that honestly have been on my heart for a while, and and I wanted to talk about. Um, and so that's what we're going to do today. You know, sitting there and I was just thinking about like things kept coming to mind, like leave the ninety nine, get out of your bubble. It's time to get uncomfortable, and that's really what we're going to call the episode today. Is it's time to get uncomfortable. And you know, I talked about this great mission we just had, and there were so many people that came up to me that you know, told me about their, their, their stories of how they were broken and how they were lost or how they were far from the church or how they were on the verge of losing everything. And as I've said on here before, I think that's where the majority of our, uh, of the world is, right? Even people that are going to church consistently, they're in that state of brokenness and they're in that place of not believing that they can be redeemed, even though they're still going to a, to a mass or to a church service or whatever they're doing. And it really made me concentrate on a lot of them said, you know, if it hadn't been for this one person, if it hadn't been for for this person that took the time to reach out to me, if it hadn't been for this priest that stopped what he was doing to listen to me when I showed up here looking for help one day, I wouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. Or some of them said, the only reason I'm here now is because I saw this flyer around and it said from addict to evangelist. And I thought maybe this is something for me. And they came and then through the talks and what the Lord did through the mission, they're now going to engage in the men's group. In fact, Todd um, texted me today, the main leader of the group down there, and he said he saw somebody on Sunday yesterday at a different event, and they said, I have been in a rut in my life and in a bad place, and I've been striving to try to get out of it, and there's been nowhere for that I could find to go. And then I see this, and now I see there's going to be this group of men, and I'm going to go there, and I know that this is where I'm going to find help. This is where I'm going to be able to turn my life around. Well, Victor, it really got me thinking as I was praying last night about something that's been bothering me for a while. Um, sometimes it seems as if our church has turned very insularly. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I said that word. Very insular. Say it for insular. me. Insular. Yeah. yeah, insular. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Very insular. Like, it's very easy in our faith to get comfortable mm-hmm. with our group of people, with our cliques of friends, with what we're doing, our own personal piety. And we forget that the real mission of the church and of all of us as a body of Christ is to go out right. and to and to to give the gift of what we've received, right? I I was lost. I've been found. Now it's time for me to go out. But man, as I was praying there, I don't know what if Mary was trying to draw me to through that prayer or whatever, but it really just made me realize a lot of times lately I've heard the opposite. And from not just like people that don't know how to evangelize, but people who are in positions of evangelization, right? People that hold positions in dioceses and chancelleries and people that are DREs. I've, I've just heard whether it's been online or in, you know, from people I know in my life 
just very different things than what we're called to be living out as Christians. And what I mean by that is I hear a lot of them go, I just I want to I just want to be with my group of people and I don't want to be like influenced by other people. You know, I've heard people say, well, I'm sending my kids to the school and it's not really Catholic. And I'm not speaking about just like our school where our children go. I'm talking about other places, you know, but I've heard people say, you know, I just I, I the homeschool people have it right. Because they just could sit back and have their own little groups and unions of people, and they could protect their children, and they can raise them in a certain way, and they're not influenced by mm-hmm. all the heathens out there or the the people that aren't living the right way. And and you know, it really caught me. It took me. Like, I don't know. Caught me at a at a loss for words mm-hmm. because I was like, well, this. But that's exactly who we're supposed to be going to evangelize to, and if we all start to build these sort of like places of refuge where we you know we put up our 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 barricades and we just kind of it's just me and the people who are like-minded like me and think like I do and that's the only people I'm going to be around that man like we're not really living out the mission of what Christ calls us to now right. I know we all need places of refuge like we need those places where we go to be fed and to to continue to grow in our own holiness we need that but we're not supposed to stop there and it just feels like oftentimes in the church today I, you hear about this small group movement and our what we try to do, and, and I'm not trying to say we're better than anybody else. I'm just speaking from my opinion and my experiences here, Victor, and I want you to do the same. But like our our ministry tries to be a parish-based ministry because why? When people are hurting and they go looking for mm-hmm. Jesus, they're going to go looking at a church. They're not, they're not going to know that you know Bob's got a group of five guys that he meets with in his backyard. And oftentimes those groups don't want anybody else. Right, so like this, this the statues behind you. The mercy is Jesus holding up a sinner, you know that that is is basically exhausted from from nailing Jesus to the cross through his own sins and his own mistakes, and Jesus is holding him as this sinner is being is passed out. That's what we're called to be as a church, is places where these field hospitals, as, as Pope Francis calls it, where we can go and, and people who are hurting, who are at their wits end, who are at their ropes end, can go and find relief, but. Oftentimes what I hear more often in our faith is like, no, we need to break into a million small groups and everybody's doing their own thing that nobody knows about. And the problem is a lot of times those things become cliquish. They become, no, we want this and we don't want anybody else. And and we become the opposite of what Christ calls us to, which is supposed to be a missionary church. And it's just something that's been on my heart. And as I was praying last night, it mean, this I've got like a bunch of just scribbled notes over here that were just pouring out of me. Right. And I thought, okay, that's a pretty good invitation indication. This this is something we need to talk about. Yeah. Well, I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. You know, the concept that we we strive as a church is to how do we live in in the way of God's desire for us to live, but yet live in the world at the same time. Yeah. That's always been the benchmark of what the church has to deal with. Right. The struggle. Yeah, with, the struggle. Yeah. Right. So it's like you know. You know, you live in the world, but be not be of the world. We've heard that all the time. And, you know, as parents, you know, we do the best to build a foundation of faith. Surround them with love, compassion, mercy. Show them all the tenets of the faith. Because we know one day they're going to leave us. Yeah. So our influences will diminish over time, right? So if we're able to help them as they live outside of our influence from time to time, that they're able to combat those 
those those thoughts of betrayal, you know, or whatever the sinful thoughts that like we all battle with. Eventually, they'll have the ability to kind of live, you know, in the you know live in the you know live in the world, but not be of the world. Yeah, you know, sure. I, I'm trying to say that. I know it's confusing. So, like I said, I if I kept my kids at my breast all the time and fearful, I'm raising anxious kids. Yeah, who will probably never leave. Sure. Who will always be fearful. So I think, you know, we have to be careful, like, in the good intentions we have, we have to be careful that we don't, you know, uh, train our kids to, to be fearful and to be always concerned with self. Yeah. Because in fear and concern with self comes together, that becomes an anxious faith. Yeah, and I mean, you're right. And, and I've had a lot of conversations with people about this. I mean, I was talking to a lady not long ago, mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and she was saying, like, so why is this work that you're doing so important to be in a parish? And I said, well, I just believe, again, that that's where people are going to go looking for help, like the mm-hmm. big building with a crucifix on it, right? right? If, if Jesus can help me, that's where I'm going to go. And, you know, I was met with a, with a rebuttal of, yeah, but I've been in a women's group for 10 years with the same women, and we like it, and we don't want anybody else in it. And I was just like, but do you not see what's what, what sticks out about right. that? Like, you know, I don't ever want to judge anybody. I'm not saying that, but I don't ever remember Jesus saying like, okay, it's just going to be us and no one else is allowed in. Yeah, I remember, um, you know, when I when I went to Crescio, I went to the Crescio page because they say, continue on your fourth day. And I go looking for a group. You know, people are always like, join our group, join our group. and But you don't know who they are because they're at Closura and you may never see right. them again. And and so I went to the site and and it said like closed, 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 closed. And my naive self thought like, okay, well that one doesn't exist anymore, and that one doesn't exist anymore, and that one. And it wasn't until I talked to somebody that was a Christian Easter, it was like, no, that means they don't want anybody else. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? I was like, what's the point of this? If like there's all these groups that exist and they want you to be in a fourth day. Right. And again, this isn't knocking Cursia. You're a Cursiista. Right. I am too. It's the the mentality we can have in all of our ministry, not just you know, pick it on one in particular, but it's like, I'm sorry, but Jesus never said we don't want anybody else. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that we just get so because of the 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 world has just put on this full frontal attack of of Christians and in general that you know, it's easy just to want to withdraw to people that are like-minded and that don't pose a threat and and that, you know, stay away from those who don't get it. Mm-hmm. But that's exactly where we're supposed to go. And, and so you could see, like, even now you, you hear you read about, you know, parts of the country that people are moving to because it's more Catholic-friendly there or it's more this or, hey, we're going to build a community that's nothing but Catholics. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a couple of those around the country and I've heard some people go, I'm going to move somewhere like that. So I don't have to deal with all this nonsense. Dealing with this nonsense is what we're called to do. Right. Right? Like, we do, we're not supposed to just pick up and run and sit there and, and, and with our three friends that think just like us and be super pious in our own way and never care about the world and what's going on out there. And it, it is. It's like too often we want to retreat to those who are like us because we're tired of the heathens and the unbelievers. Mm-hmm. As I was writing these notes down, I started laughing. I was hoping I wasn't going to wake Angela up because you know what came to mind was Rodney Dangerfield. 
And the people are like, what? Like, mm-hmm. what does that have to do with anything? Right, it's a segue. But it yeah, just, yeah. I was thinking about situations where people have wanted to to be involved, but they weren't received. And like, so Caddyshack. Oh, welcomed, yeah, yeah. Right? Like, right. I mean, the guy's got plenty of money. He's different than everybody else. He knows he is. He's not changing. You know, he's he's going in just as he is, if you will. And what do the people in that country club try to do? Like, they spend the whole movie trying to get rid of him. Mm-hmm. You know, like, no, oh, we don't want that. We just want the people that are like us and that think like us and dress like us and have the cotillion manners that we have yeah. and all this stuff. And it's like 90% of the world isn't like that. Daniel Russo and the Karate Kid, right? He's dating a girl from Beverly Hills and he's ashamed of being from Reseda. And he finally goes to meet her and pick her up at the country club. And what happens? Like, he gets spaghetti all over him and people make fun of him and laugh at the poor boy that's not like him. And, and I'm not trying to harp on people in the churches if we're being mean and evil to to the people who want to be part of us. But we're we're a lot of times what we do is we would draw back to this place of like, I don't even want to deal with all that anymore. So I'm just gonna come over here and seclude myself. Mm-hmm. And that is completely counter to the message of Jesus. Now, there's nothing wrong with having a group of like-minded people that you're going to for support, right? But if we're doing this at like if I'm a guy going to a parish and I'm hurting and I'm looking to 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 okay People say Jesus can help me, and I go here and I say, hey, is there anything that can help men who are struggling? No, we don't have anything like that here. They're not going to know that Bill down the street's got something he's been doing for 12 years with the same six guys in his backyard Mm -hmm. because it's not publicized. And so what happens? There's nothing for me here. And they turn away, and, and man, we just, I don't know, there's just this, we become comfortable. Like, we want to be with the people who think like us, talk like us, pray the same way we do, have the same love for the same devotions we do. And those are all good things, but we can very quickly become comfortable. We get in our little bubbles, right? Mm-hmm. Like the old movie with John Travolta, The Boy in the Bubble, and we sit in there and, and we have no contact with the outside world because we want to avoid it because we don't want to deal with all the nonsense. But we're called to live our faith boldly and to go out there and to receive those people. And, you know, and so that's, that's man, I just... I don't know. And some people may get offended at this episode. I don't know. It's not my job to care. I'm not here to to, to tickle your ears, right? I'm here to, to to share the things that I feel the Lord has put on my heart to share. And if you don't agree, then that's what the radio dial is for, right? Or that's what your 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 your, your mm-hmm. iTunes is for to pick, you know, go listen to Father Mike or whatever. The thing here is this there's a truth that in our faith we become very insular, we become very protective, we we become very um just non-tolerant of the world and those who who may be in a different place than us and and the thing is jesus was never like that right and that's what i'm trying to remind people of today because i've seen way too much of it and too many people that are simply thinking like no this is the way i'm going to spend my life and that's it and mm-hmm. and you know everybody else out there is everybody else's problem well i mean I, that's i know i start all the time my rebuttal saying what well, i mean but yeah. like, i'll try no, that's to fine. be careful with that but um, going off of what you're saying is is that we we have to be very careful of our mentality of of what we think we need to put our energy towards. Okay, obviously, you know we we like to be comfortable. Yeah, you know we seek that sometimes. But when it comes to formation of our faith, to be to to speak boldly, which we're supposed to do about yeah. the love of Christ and what He did for us, His His death and resurrection. That is a bold statement he did for us. So how are we to be quiet about what he what he done for all of us? Yeah. So so we must speak in truth with love and compassion, and and when someone is hurting, and the door is closed, 
I mean, how, how do you how do you imagine you know God in, in Christ is or like you know looking at us? Yeah. Hey, I sent them to you. Yeah. I sent them to you, and and you're not you're not even you're not even open to receiving them. Um, I I pray my biggest fear is that that my heart will ever be closed towards anyone without yeah. mercy, and 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 so I try to. Like I said, I, I what I love about our group is that we we go to do a lot of outreach, and I think yeah. that's why the four pillars is a, is a, a, an aspect that needs to be done, even if it's not through us, through other organizations sure. to do that to do service, you know, to go out and, and meet people where they are, yeah, and and let them know that hey, I care, we care about you, you know, um, here's something to help you get through the next day or a couple or days here, yeah, um, you know, we have group people praying for you, you know. Um, like when my mother-in-law passed away, you know, I just texted the group, and I knew that people were going to say rosaries, you know, yeah. for, for her and for Christy and for my daughters. So that is what it's like to be part of a large group of faith yeah. rather than a small group, which they can still give support. But in doing so, you can be closed off yeah. from what your your attention needs to be for everybody else sure and it's it's not like sometimes these things just become clicks and it's like look it's fine to go out and have drinks and and have a good time with the people that you love to have you know yeah because we do that too yeah i do have time with but like when it comes to ministry we never should be closing the door Mm -hmm. on people at all you know i look at our group and i never go okay guys i love the 20 of y'all don't bring anybody else in Mm -hmm. here because it's going to mess up the vibe Right now, we've been welcoming to everybody. I mean, we have heroin addicts. We have people that just got out of being incarcerated. We have, and, and the thing is, some of those people are the most devout and wonderful Catholics that I know. Yeah. Right. And, but so many people go, well, they're not, you know, formed in the way that we are, or they're not this, or we don't want to have to start over with somebody new. It'll impede our progress. And it's like, all I hear there is I, 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 I. And, you know, I just, maybe that's the reason St. Paul is our patron saint. I, somebody told me today, I was talking to him about this, and they said, John, you just have the heart of Paul. Mm-hmm. And if you remember in Scripture, I mean, Paul was fighting with Peter about, no, we're going to go to the Gentiles. And he's like, no, you, you're going to minister to the Jews. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, I'm going to the Gentiles. And eventually what was, you know, Peter was given a dream, and, and he said, yes, Paul's right. right? We're always going to have different types of people in the church, and we need both. But the thing is, now more than ever, we need more Pauls. We need more people that are willing to go out and say, I don't care what that person's story is or what they've done. God loves them. I'm called to love them. We have a place where they can belong, where we can help them get their life back on track. And that's what we need to be doing. The real truth is, Victor, I believe, is a lot of people, we just don't, we're selfish. Mm-hmm. And we don't want to, and it takes a lot of time, and it's easier to be around the initiated right? The ones that I don't have to put a lot of effort into trying to fix or a project or something like that, which we should never look at people as anyway. But it's a lot easier to be around the initiated rather than to engage in the time-consuming and hard work of investing and caring in those who need Jesus, Mm -hmm. right? It's like, I don't have time for that in my life. I mean, how many times do we walk by a situation where we're like, I know I could be of help, but I really have other things I need to be doing and someone else will come along. It is that the Good Samaritan story, right? Where so many people pass people up, but we're all called to be that Good Samaritan. And people are worth it, right? Like how many times are we, we say, well, I don't want all those bad influences in my life. If I hang around them, then it might rub off on me or or some of their choices might affect the, the choices my kids make. Or if we're never around people that are bad influences, mm-hmm. we never have an opportunity to be good influences ourselves, 
right? Like we just sit in our little place and and play play faithful person, but we're not actually out there living it out. And I'm not saying don't have a small group again. You need a place to go and be rejuvenated. But don't close those places off, right? If God puts somebody in your life, we should always be inviting, right? Jesus never said, no, you're not welcome at my table. Mm-hmm. You know, he. this is why people got mad at him. What are you doing eating with whores and prostitutes and sinners and, and, and tax collectors and drunkards? And Because that's who I'm here for. That's who I came for. And we forget that, and we want to sit in our pretty little, like, parishes by ourselves and forget that those walls are not there to keep us in, but to remind us to go out. And this is what frustrates me, is it's just like, we're, 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 I've, I had somebody lately go, well, it's just like, you know, I take my kid to this thing, and there's a guy there, and his kid's a bad influence on my kid. And he always smells like booze when he shows up to this thing. And I was like, yeah, I know who you're talking about. And do you know that guy's gone through a horrible divorce? And his kids are probably angry and don't know what to do with it? And the guy's drinking himself into an issue because he doesn't know how to handle it? And where you see a place to run from, I don't want to be anywhere around that, I see the place to run to. right? Because that guy needs somebody. And this is what we're called to do. But so often we just get in this place where, no, it's just going to be me and my thing, and, and I want to be around people that don't challenge me and people that, that don't require my time much of it because they're already in a good place. And for those of you out there, I mean, this may, like I said, it may piss off a lot of people. And if it does, I'm sorry, this is what I was told to, to talk about and to preach today. But our heart is supposed to be open. Jesus sailed to Genesaret to the demonic what people had taken out of town and chained there because they threw their hands in the air said, we don't want anything to do with him. And Jesus went right to that place and healed him, right? He went where nobody else was willing to go. The hemorrhaging woman that was unclean, he didn't scream at her because she touched him. He healed her and said, this woman has more faith than anybody, right? He went to the lepers who were just, you know, he could have contracted leprosy from, and he hugged them, he embraced them, he healed them because they were the ones who needed it. Right? And, and the adulterous woman, when everybody's ready to stone her and Jesus is reaching down in a hand of mercy, like that's what we're called to do as a church. And we're the biggest kid on the block who has done that better than anyone for thousands of years. But I feel like we're turning from that. We see it in just like, well, if we don't practice this liturgy, then the heck with those other people. We even do it to the people who are, who are trying to live the faith well to each other. And it's just, my heart as an evangelist is just like, we got to quit that mess, and we got to quit looking at things as, well, this is difficult, or it might mess up the comfortability. As our favorite quote says from, from Pope Benedict XVI, the world offers you comfort, but you were not made for comfort. Right. You were made for greatness. And that greatness that we will be rewarded for is the greatness of that boldness and the courage that we get from the Holy Spirit to go out and give our yes, to go and get the unchurched. And to not look at them as unclean or untouchable, or or somebody who's gonna who's gonna inject some sort of of of, of virus into our culture that's gonna ruin us. If that's the case, we're not the people we claim to be. So I don't know. Some people may feel like I'm sitting in judgment right now, but I mean, I just want to hear more people say what Jesus said. I I came not for the righteous, but for sinners. Mm-hmm. I came not for the those that are healed, but for those who are sick. 
That's what our world needs more than anything. And as the biggest kid on the block, that's what we're supposed to be doing. Not just drawing back into these little fraternities and sororities of men and women that are sitting there doing the same thing we've been doing for 10 years with the same people and never going out and trying to evangelize people, but out of the same other side of our mouth, griping about the state the world's in. Right? Like, if you don't want to put your foot in that water, you have no right to complain about what temperature the water is. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and so... I don't know. I just it, it's time for us to get uncomfortable. It's time for us to return to being a missionary church. And we'll never do it if we just want to choose sa- safety and like-mindedness and all this stuff over the call of Christ to go out and get uncomfortable. I don't know, man. Like I, Victor, what what are your thoughts? I don't even well, know how long we've gone here. Well, I'll, I'll, if anybody's still listening, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> you know, when you're talking, but, I I uh, the, a person came to mind, uh St. John Vianney. Yeah, um, you know, and if people know a little bit, I, my detail in history may be a little lapsed, but um, this is a priest I went to an area. This is after the French Revolution and then Napoleonic Wars and stuff. And Napoleon and the French Revolution put to death a lot of priests, to where that that country was in a state of like limited priests. You know, uh, so Saint John Vianney came on the scene almost twenty five years of just lawlessness where. Mm-hmm the the where he went to there wasn't a priest the church was in disrepair and you know he went there knowing that he could probably be either beaten chased out whatever but he went there on faith because that's where i need to go that's where i was assigned by my bishop so i'm going to go there and and that man not only changed that town changed that region but people from all over france came to him for confession yeah. You know, and there's many, many stories about like his faith, you know, small man in stature, you know, probably, you know, probably wasn't the brightest, you know, person that that graduated in the seminary, but he he had a heart, a pastor's heart to run to people in, in pain, to change people who were suffering, to give them salve, reprieve the, of how well the gospel heals those that seek God and to seek his mercy and his love and forgiveness. And, and all of us have that in us. All yeah. of us are called to do that. And, and it's good to, to, to teach your children to, and your wife and your spouse to like be there present. But we also have to do that outside our home too. Yeah. You know, and, and continue to expand that love towards everyone, our neighbors, you know, people in our parish, uh, our, our coworkers, even strangers we meet. Yeah, we we should operate the same way as we are with our best friends. Yeah, and it's it, Christianity doesn't need to have a class system, right? Right, where these people have made it, these people haven't, these people aren't, you know, don't know enough about the faith to be included in this group. Like, we don't need any of that stuff, right? It, we've got to go out and be able to use the gifts that God gave us to help those who aren't where we are to to reach back. I mean, I think sometimes we forget that we've been given a gift. At some point, someone handed us the faith. Someone cared about us. Somebody poured into us. Somebody walked with us when it was inconvenient for them. And it's our responsibility, that gratitude for that gift, if we remember what a gift it is, should spur that generosity to turn around and look for someone that we can then reach out to to help them the way someone helped us. But it is so easy, if we're not careful, to put ourselves on this pedestal of looking down at everybody else and and saying, I don't want anything to do with them because they're dirty, they're unclean, they're they're not, you know, they're living in a way contrary to what I'm trying to teach my family. You could still teach your family and help somebody else. Right. And one of the greatest things you can teach your family is to help that person who isn't where you are. Mm-hmm. 
right? There's there's just there's just a reminder for all of us this week. It's just it's time to get uncomfortable. We cannot compl- complain about empty churches, churches closing down, the world that's going to hell in a handbasket, which I hear every single time I go somewhere. Right. When is somebody going to do something about it? When are you? Right. When are you? When are you going to come out of that comfortable place? When are you going to quit hiding with the same six friends that that know everything you're going to say before you're going to say it, right? That that just want to do y'all's thing and your Bible study and your thing and not allow anybody else in. When are you going to remember that that's great to build yourself up, but what are you doing to reach back and bring the other people along? You know, I know there's many different ways of thinking about things, and if you don't agree with me, that's fine. You know, but this is what the Lord gave me to, to 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 really preach about today. I feel like I've done more preaching than than discussing, but but like Victor, I I just I think this is where we have to return to. Mm-hmm. If Jesus said, "I will leave the ninety nine to go find the one," then that's what we're supposed to do. If Jesus went to places where people thought, "Well, why are you messing with that?" He did it because those were exactly the ones that were going to wind up changing the church. Matthew, Peter, James, John, Philip. Andrew, those are the people he went and found. And then what did he say? He didn't say, all right, now we're going to build a, a fort, right? And we're going to put up all these barricades and all these things. We're going to put a moat around it, and this is going to be our thing. And we hope that other people will just see our shining example from over here and automatically want to be like us and start their own little community and their own little community. No, Jesus is like, we're not building anything. Everyone is welcome and everyone is called. And it's our job to go and constantly remind people that there is no one that's unworthy. There is no one that's too far gone. There is no one that's too broken. And if our parishes, if our churches really did that, if our people started saying, you know, it's not just about my piety, that is a portion and a process and a part of my faith to continually to grow on my own and I need to surround myself with people in that same area, yes. But I also need to remember that I got to go back and give the gift that I've been given and find and look for and search for those people and never hear out of anyone in evangelization's mouth, I don't want to be around them because they're a bad influence. I don't want to be around them because they're contrary to the way that I live my life. That's exactly why you're being shown that person. Not to shun them and put them away and withdraw into your cocoon with your buddies. It's because Jesus has put that person in front of you because you have the ability, if you choose to do so, Mm -hmm. to help that person. And if we ever do that in our church, if we ever get back to that, we will be the thing that God wanted us to be, the thing that Jesus hoped that we would be, this massive beacon, the largest beacon of light in the world. I just, I really believe that. So folks, we're getting ready, what, it's two weeks to Lent? And people are going to be thinking about, well, what should I give up? Chocolate and all these things. How about doing what we talked about today? How about giving up all these stereotypes we have for people that are in a, in a worse place than we are? How about say, Jesus, help me to look for more people to reach out to, to live my faith? How about instead of you know giving up chocolate or whatever, I'm going to give more of myself to those people that I thought I've never had time for or I didn't want to get involved in? I'm going to quit taking this approach of I don't have time for other people and start thinking I have more time than I realize. Those are the things that will make your Lent when we get there life-changing, transforming. If we remember again that we're not just called here for those and those like us, but to go and to help other people find their way to Jesus Christ. 
So, brothers and sisters, I don't even have a prayer prepared because I'm not going to lie to you. Five minutes before we started, I wasn't sure what we were going to talk about or even to pursue this because of what some people may take this as and get offended. But at the end of the day, I'm not here to tickle ears. I'm here to speak truth. And so maybe that's what our prayer is going to be. So, Victor, let's see what comes out. <laughs> In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord Jesus, so, so, so many times it's easy for us to get comfortable and to get accustomed to and just get in the same habit of going to the same people and forgetting those that are around us that need our help. Lord, you didn't make us to be in cliques and, and to pull ourselves away from those in need. You made us to, to have our hearts burn on fire and then run right back into a world that doesn't want us to grab the next one, to, to get the next man or woman out. Jesus, help us always to remember that. Let us not to walk away from that, that call of mission to become insular and, and, and to cut ourselves off with the world, but to dive right back in and to give the gift that's been given to us and bring other people to you. Lord, help us to have a heart always for that. Mother Mary, surround us as we do it. And Lord, in and, and, and St. Joseph, give us the strength and the protection from the evil one to be able to go out boldly and do just that. In the name of the Father, Father the Son, Son, and the Holy Spirit, Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.